RadioInfluence.com. You've seen Chef Brian Duffy on Spike TV's Bar Rescue, NBC's Today Show, and opening bars and restaurants all over the world. Now he's sharing his stories, his friends, and some tips of the trade he's learned along the way. Prepare yourself to get Duffified. Wow! This is Duffified Live with Chef Brian Duffy on Radio Influence. Good morning, everybody. Happy Friday. Good Duffified Live day. If you want to go that route, I'll run with it. Fucking I don't care. Doesn't matter to me. Uh, you can say whatever you want, just as long as you're telling all of your friends about this show. Go over to iTunes right now. Tell your friends to subscribe to this. Go to RadioInfluence.com. Go to Stitcher. Go to Google Play. I don't care. Go to the bookstore and find out how to download something. Read up on how to subscribe on a podcast and do it. But tell your friends about it. So uh, I'm welcoming myself home. I am am and have been home for the last seven, eight days. I'm pretty stoked about that. Uh, last week, I was all the way out there, down there in Fort Myers, Florida at my buddies, uh, down at the Fort Myers, uh, down on Fort Myers in downtown, not over at the beach, but on the other side on Bay Avenue, uh, where my buddy is also a client and he owns this awesome place called City Tavern. So if you're ever down there, go on in, talk to the girls, tell them you're my friend, and I don't know, maybe they'll buy a drink or something. I have no idea. They do shots out of uh, syringes. It's pretty wild. But uh, what I did was I flew down on Tuesday, I guess it was. And I, I do these fun sessions with clients and, and other people where I do creative sessions. Where what we would do is we kind of I hang out with your kitchen staff. And we just talk, man. We talk about food um, and we just kind of get the process rolling. And then, you know, a lot of times we'll hop online and we'll go to a couple different things, whether it be Instagram or, you know, different food sites or, you know, even purveyors. Like I'll go into the U.S. food and start taking a look around or Cisco or Chef's Warehouse or whoever it is and start kind of moving around and, and looking at food and seeing seeing what's out there and, and allowing the guys that are in the kitchen to see the same thing because a lot of times what happens is you've got a group of people that are working in a kitchen and they're just kind of stuck in there. You know, I mean, their only real exercise to the outside world happens to be Instagram or Twitter, you know, or even heading out to the bar late at night. They're not in a restaurant seeing what's going on. So I'm lucky enough that I get to eat all over the world. Um, despite my girl's figure. Yes, I know. Um, I do get to eat all over the world and I have a lot of fun doing it, whether it be super cool, um, over the top molecular gastronomy or down and dirty into a dive bar, sucking back a burger or something as simple as this morning, right? A breakfast sandwich. Um, but I, I, we came up with some really cool kind of fun ideas for some things. And look, it's a dive bar, man. It's, this isn't, we're not recreating the culinary wheel here. It's a dive bar. We did nachos on one of the things, but you know what we did? We did a technique, you know, and that's what it comes down to for anybody out there's doing menus and stuff. It's not about doing what everybody else is doing. It's about doing it better than everybody else is doing. And a lot of times that falls into place through technique. So, you know, you get that technique going and then everything falls in line. That's the way that it works out. Flavors change, profiles change, appearances change. It's just that simple way. If you're still taking wings and you're dropping them in a fryer from a raw state, one, you're making you're taking too long to get the food to your guest. Two, it's a dried out fucking piece of shit. So stop doing it. There's a technique behind it. Play around with some technique. Get involved. Um, 
So while we were down there, we did. We we kind of went to a couple different stores. We went to a couple different markets. Um, there's some there's a great little Mexican community that's down there on 41, which is a highway that comes out of Fort Myers and heads up into different areas of town. And um, to me, uh, you know, those are some great spots. You go in and you see technique. And you see the way that guys do things or the way that these cooks are playing around with food in a different method than we would in a kitchen. Now, one of the big struggles that we have in this kitchen is the fact that it's fully electric. So there is no hood system. We have to be very aware of uh, food vapors and oil and grease vapors that happen because the Board of uh, Health as well as the fire department is just not having it. They don't want any part of it. So we don't even have an induction cooktop. We work out of a, uh, an electric pizza oven, a uh, double-decker pizza oven, two panini presses, uh, two crock pots, you would, you would be surprised to know, uh, a microwave and a tabletop convection oven that hits about 450 degrees. So the weird thing is I got down there after the old chef had been in there for a while. And the amount of shortcuts that were taken were just shocking to me. You know, there's a period where a, a restaurant um, lets somebody takes over and there's an old menu and classic items that are on there. And people just take over and they don't do anything exciting about it. You know, well, you know what? Hey, we're having trouble getting it out. We don't sell as much pulled pork as we used to. So let's just put it in a bag and then we'll microwave it. Well, that sucks. There's no fun in that. There's no flavor in that. That fucking thing out of the goddamn microwave. So I go in and I kind of go back through all the old recipes. We reinstitute them. We make sure we update them first off because, you know, recipes change. I mean, the first time I developed recipes for these guys was five years ago in 2013. So I go down there now and, you know, I mean, we see a lot of the things we've got to reinstitute, re, re kind of reinvigorate, shall we say, some of those recipes. So, um, so that's kind of what was going on for that week. And then this weekend, um, if you're around and I know it's Friday morning, if you live in the Pennsylvania, Maryland, Delaware area, and you want to do something fun, I want you guys to come up to Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Okay. I want you to come up to Lancaster because I'm going to be doing a bunch of stuff with some really, really badass chefs. Okay. Really, really cool chefs up in Lancaster. Like I said, um, it's, uh, it's a really neat event. Uh, we're talking about November 16 and 17, uh, in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Okay. This is put on, um, by uh, just a great group called Gourmet Festivals. These guys do just a wonderful, wonderful job. Um, so we're pretty stoked to get up there. Um, there's a bunch of really fun chefs that are involved in this year's festival. Um, Kev D, Eddie G, uh, that is up there. Christine Hazel from uh, Top Chef or Hell's Kitchen, I'm sorry. Uh, myself, G Love. Um, uh, what's her name? Uh, the Rancic, uh, uh, the chick, they have a wine and they have a restaurant in, in Chicago, RPM. I can't remember their names. Bill and Juliana Rancic, I think is their name. They're going to be there as well. So if you get a chance, come up, but here's the deal. You want to go over to, uh, I'm pulling the website up for you right now. Uh, you want to go over to gourmet shows, um, and check them out. Okay. We are going to be doing uh, – you can get $30 off your ticket by utilizing the code of Duffy Taste. That's the code, okay? There's a lot of fun stuff that you can get in here. Uh, it's in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. 
get out there and do it. I will see you this weekend. I'll be the first booth up there. I'm doing an awesome duck dish. G Love and I are going to be playing on Saturday afternoon. I'm sorry. I'm going to be playing with G Love, meaning that he's going to be playing music and I'll be cooking, which to me is playing. So we're going to be up there on stage doing some fun stuff with some duck. I'm doing a really cool pasta dish that I'm pretty excited about with some fried egg on top and all that good shit. So ladies and gentlemen, do me a favor, get out there and check it out. But we got to move on here because I have a guest who's on the show today who is ready. I'm going to lay these down in, in, in a number of lines. One, she is a friend. Two, she is a phenomenal chef. Three, she's an awesome individual. Four, she has been on a bunch of TV stuff. Five, her daughter is a pastry chef. Six, her husband is a chef. Seven, She's the chef at Gordon Ramsay's spot in Atlantic City. Handpicked, I'll have you know, to be the chef at Gordon Ramsay's spot in Atlantic City. So everybody do me a favor. Put your stuff down. Turn the radio up. Get the kids out of the room. You know that I tend to curse a little bit because, ladies and gentlemen, I want to welcome everybody to the show. Do me a favor. Put your hands together. Welcome to Duffified Live. Chef George Ann Levy. Hola, jefe. Como esta? <laughs> oh, damn it. I always get stuck right there. See? Yeah. <laughs> I always get stuck right there. What's going on, lady? How are you? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm home. I'm happy. I've been home for the whole week, which is good for me. So I'm pretty stoked. I was going to ask uh, which part of the country you were at. I, I am currently in... Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and I just flew in uh, last week from Fort Myers, Florida. Okay, how's the weather? In Philadelphia or in Florida. Florida, it was Florida 70 degrees. The sun, I had to wear sunglasses all day long because the sun was just beating down my face. That's nice. I'm heading down uh, Thanksgiving. Where are you going? Uh, my sister lives in uh, West Palm. Oh, nice. I'm here for Thanksgiving, yeah. Oh, cool. I like West Palm. I had, I've had some fun down there. I bet. <laughs> I've had some fun down there. Yeah, actually, my, my best friend's uh, sister has a boat down there that she docks in the West Palm, uh, I don't know, yacht club or public yacht. I have no idea. So I stayed down there a couple years ago, and uh, I'm going to head back down. I like it down there. Nice. Yeah. So uh, do me a favor, Georgianne. Why don't you tell us who you are, what you do, and how everybody here can follow you, get in contact with you, or drunk dial you okay well i got enough drunk dialing so we don't need that but <laughs> my name is george ann leeming and currently i am the chef of gordon ramsay steak at harris resort in atlantic city um my username on instagram is just george ann underscore leeming that's l-e-a-m-i-n-g um and twitter is Georgian underscore Mleem, L-E-A-M, without the I-N-G. Um, that's about it. I'm mostly, honestly, I'm Instagram these days. That's pretty much what I stick with, so. Instagram's the best. Yeah. I'm a huge fan. Huge fan of Instagram, so. Um, all right, so let's talk. Let's get down to it here. So how did you end up where you are right now? Wow, that's a long story. That's a journey. <laughs> <laughs> honestly, the funny part is, Harris Casino is the first place I uh, worked at after I graduated from culinary school. 
So it's kind of a circle back uh, after all these years in the business. So, but uh, I had a, you know, I had a couple of plate restaurants in Philly for a few years. And one day I got a call from Caesars, who was owned by it's the same company, and they needed a chef at the Gordon Ramsay Pub and Grill over there. So I took that position and I was there about four months. Um, how many longer? July to whenever. And I know it was a pretty good time. Anyway, uh, so I did a good job for them there. And they decided to open a Gordon Ramsay steak at Harris. Uh, so they brought me over there to help open that beast up. And uh, so I've been there ever since. We opened up a Memorial Day weekend and uh, been going strong ever since. It's crazy. How, how did, when you had your place in Philly, how long were you open in Philly? Uh, we were there for four years. Which was a great spot. I mean, I'd been, I had had dinner a bunch of times. What, so why did you guys end up closing Philly? Well, you know, we, we ended up having the two locations, the Northern Liberties location we had closed first. And the thing about Northern Liberties, when we first were looking around the area, really, it was still hopping a bit, but then it shifted in the city. It was, everybody was going to Fishtown or Pashyunk and, and our location, I just feel, was a little too off. We were on the Liberties Walk. We were a couple blocks over from the piazza. So people used to come in and be like, oh, it's such a hidden little gem. And we didn't want to be a little <laughs> hidden gem, you know? So, right. yeah, thanks. But um, so I really think location was a major factor, you know, in that one for us. And we were BYO, but still a lot of people love BYO. So um, then we had the idea of opening up the, the sandwich shop and uh, over on... Uh, Catherine Street, um, Bella Vista neighborhood. And that's such, that was a great neighborhood too. Both neighborhoods I loved. I did love them both. I, I really miss them. Um, and then once we opened that concept up and that went so well, we actually changed our original spot to the same concept. Um, but yeah, it's just, you know, you never know with Philly or any major in the city, I guess, or food in general. It just, you don't know what just sometimes can really just stick or not. You know, we won best of fried chicken sandwich in Philly with Philadelphia magazine. We, and I was on chopped. And, you know, we got the, the followers from that, but, you know, just sometimes it's just not enough. So, yeah. you know, after working, you know, seven days a week for four years and, you know, just, you know, paying the bills, it's like, eh, let's go spend somebody else's money now. <laughs> right. And that's, I think that's the biggest thing is, especially one as an entrepreneur, two as a multi-unit operator slash owner, you know, a lot of people think that you just, well, you open a restaurant and now you're just rolling in dough. And, and, and it's just not that way. I mean, you know, you either pay somebody else or you pay you. And and exactly. that's the way that it ends up being a lot of times. So, you know, I mean, and, and, and I mean, you were always in that space, always. You know, I mean, you were exactly. you were always there. It, it, it's just the way that it was. And it's too, uh, part of the, not that I wouldn't have been there otherwise, but part of the reason too is just, you know, a lot, a lot of people feel this is hard to get really good help. You know, everybody wants a job, but then they don't show up or they don't want to perform or, you know, it's, it's, it's a tough business to be in and, and people get into it and realize it's, you know, it's not what you see on TV and, and it's, it's, it's hard work. And some, some people just, you know, can't cut it. Now, how Especially is that money we make, we make? Oh yeah. Well, and it's exactly. And it's, I mean, it's, it's a horrible world. I mean, I just spoke to a guy the other day who, you know, he, he, I said, well, how many full-time employees do you have? And he said, none, because I don't want to have to pay them everything that goes, that gets involved in being a full-time employee. And my, my initial thought was, wow, what douchebag, 
you know, like what a douchebag. But then my, my second thought was, well, you know, it makes sense. I mean, you know, it costs so much to have employees and to put them through and, you know I mean? And it's a constant training. It's never ending. But I went back to douchebag after that because he really just kind of was <laughs> a little bit of a douchebag. But I mean, how are you finding it, you know, by working in such a one, a well-known location with, you know, uh, a, a, a patriarch with a name like Gordon Ramsay over top of you. Plus you're also, is, is Harris a union house? Yes. Wow. So how, how is that working with employees? I mean, how do you, I've never, I've never worked in a union house. What is that like? You're lucky. You're lucky. It, it's, it's not, it's not easy, but honestly, you know, I've worked on both sides of the, you know, and each have their pros and cons, you know, with the union, you do have employees that might have been 20 years in the, with the company, right. uh, but also some of those employees only have their job because they're, their union, because that protects them. Right. They're not always the best employee. So, um, it's been great. We have, we have a pretty nice crew. We did open with a few more people that had already left, especially for us down here. It was a rough, it was a rough time to open with two casinos opening and the job pool wasn't large enough. Right. So that was really difficult was to find bodies in the first place. And then ones that are able bodied. So that, yeah. that was been quite, but right now we really have a good solid crew and, and they're a great team. I love them. They, they do a great job. They bust their ass every day. You know, I mean, it's a little quieter. Obviously the season finally, uh, has passed a bit, but uh, we stay busy. We have conventions at Harris, and it's, it's a pretty good thing. But you know, jumping right into a new place right during the peak season was was definitely you know an interesting challenge. Now, who's who's doing the hire? I mean, is HR doing the hiring for you? Are you? And this is a, a forty-seven part question. Are you doing the hiring, or is HR doing the hiring? And are you? Are you, I'm not 100%, you know, I'm not as well-versed in the union world. Are you only allowed to hire union employees? Technically, any cook in the building comes in as a cook has to be union. They they okay. become part of the union. Not, they don't already have to be a union employee, but once they, they come in, they have to join the union. Okay. So that's the first part of that. Now, we do have a system where HR obviously recruits people for us. Right. But we do have the opportunity to interview them ourselves and decide whether we want them or not. Okay. And then what is the skill level of a lot of these people that are being brought in at this point? Uh, honestly, if I could say one position I had open, I had a quick position open since probably technically before we even opened. Um, and I've probably gotten 30 or 40 applications and maybe five were slightly qualified. You know, it's, it's the scary yeah. part there. It's, you know, people, you know, and people do want jobs and I don't mind training the right person. We actually have a couple of younger guys, you know, right out of culinary school. And I do like the younger ones who, you know, they might not be the greatest skill set yet, but they want to learn and they're eager to learn and come up in the system. So, um, I don't mind that either, it's, but it's also great to find a veteran, especially we're talking about a steakhouse and we have employees that are, you know, on the broiler, that's your tea station grilling all those meats. That's, that's the right. core of your business. So, well, and it's also got to be a little bit easier to find somebody when you're opening, when you're in a restaurant that has, I mean, the Ramsey name attached to it. Exactly. If people want, you definitely want that name to work underneath, you know, um, that I don't, might have the misconception. So how much did, (laughs) (laughs) exactly. I mean, do people, and you've got to have guys like, all right, well, when's he getting here? Yeah, exactly. 
it's pretty funny when you, when I do hear that. I mean, cause I have a lot of properties that I put my name on that I work very closely with, but I'm just not in the restaurant all the time. So, you know, like, like, you know, last week I was in Fort Myers and one of the guys is like, dude, I, when I first started working here, I totally thought I was going to be working with you. And I was like, well, do you know, I live in Philadelphia. I don't, I don't live in Fort Myers, dude, you know? So, and, and I'm no Ramsey, don't get me wrong, but a lot of people do think that when they work under those namesake places that it's, you know, that person's going to be right there. So, um, what is, what kind of volume are you guys doing over there? Say last night for, uh, well, let's say, let's say it's Monday. So Saturday night dinner service right now, uh, doing about 450 covers on a Saturday night. So you are in no way taking on a rookie cook and bringing them in. I mean, you have to find good quality people that can handle volume as well. And that's the thing. Yeah, it's not even a good cooking skill set. It's actually being able to control the volume. I mean, even yeah. as a chef, you know, when I, that's the one thing when I, um, you know, looking for chefs, especially at the pub and grill, you know, they do, cause they're open for brunch. They do the, the thousand covers on a Saturday, you know, right. um, it's people that, you know, actually I had recently had a guy from Philly that, um, I had brought in the interview and they hired him, but I had just during the time when I actually left to go to Harris. And, uh, you know, if you're not used to the corporate and high volume, it's a different world. And some people, it's just not their thing. It's, you know, it's fine. And, you know, some, it's just, like can't, you know, they don't, they can't handle it or some that just don't want to handle it. Cause it's so much. Right. Um, but it's definitely, you know, it's, it's a lot, you know, when I first walked in, they had me walk in on a, it was a Sunday night in the summertime before I went into the pub and grill and they said, you know, just go in and observe and, and you know, so you could see the volume and it's just sheer madness. You, yeah. The line is so large, you had two chefs on it and, and the dupes go to the floor before you can even grab them off. You know, it, it's, Oh yeah. <laughs> that's like, I, that's, that's, yeah. I've been in those situations. And it's just crazy because, you know, how are you keeping up? You know, what do I have all day? 72 medium rare ribeyes. You know, it's like it's just that never ending. So and what is it? I mean, what is it like working with Ramsey? I mean, I know you've had some some interactions with him and doing that stuff. I mean, a lot of people want to know what it's like working directly with him. I mean, are, are you running features or being are features being put down from from above and you're executing them, you know, how much creative freedom do you get within that world? Well, that's the interesting thing. Cause now you're talking about a corporate on two levels. Now we have the, the Caesars Harris corporate management, and then we have the Ramsey corporate management. So, I mean, obviously, you know, there's uh, we have food and beverage managers and that we have to go through, but also with um, Jeff Ramsey, his corporate chef, chef Christina Wilson, you know, New Jersey and Philly girl. So, oh, that's uh, right. I forgot. Yeah. She's out in Missouri now, right? Or Illinois? No, she's based in Vegas, but right now she's in Dubai opening a uh, new oh, okay. uh, health kitchen in the new Caesars in Dubai. So it's a pretty cool. Uh, I'm watching her Instagram post. It's amazing. But she's a, she's his corporate chef, and she basically you know she knows the ins and outs and knows everything about him. She was season ten health kitchen winner. Uh, now, was she? But, you know, she she was a yeah. chef in Atlantic City as well, correct? No, she no I'm thinking of somebody else. I either I'm thinking of somebody else. Okay. All right. So she, she was in Vegas. I got you now. So she's the corporate exec for the company. Yes. Okay. So you're dealing more with her than you are anybody else. Yes. Yeah, so what I do is like right now, actually I'm working on menu changes and I send them through to her. Uh, once I get a stamp of approval from her, then I move forward with tastings with, you know, my in-house food and beverage management team. And then she will be coming by, and then I will do a tasting for her. And then once it gets approved, uh, that's when we do full menu changes. 
as wow. far as like a daily specials and stuff like that. Yes, I have, you know, as long as it's uh, within the Ramsey, uh, in line with what, what the brand is. Like, you know, right. this one's Ramsey Steak, so it's be in line with Ramsey Steak. And obviously the high quality standards, you know, we, of course. You know, we're, we're very uh, high end. You know, we have beautiful A5 um, Wagyu and, you know, so things like we have an HK uh, Health Kitchen tasting menu which is a really fun thing you get and come in and try some of the, the favorites. And sometimes for the mousse bouche, that's actually put a little tasting of our, our A5 on there. So it's you oh, know, wow. some really nice high end food. And uh, so we just have to keep in the standard. So we try to do that, you know, when we do our daily uh, items, but the menu, yes. The first one, which is, I didn't get to, cause I was just walking in. The menu was already set. Right. And the, the chef that was supposed to open it stepped away. He had resigned. So I had stepped in like right at the training. So there was no choice but to go. Oh, you know, yeah. It's already been worked out for months before I got there. Like literally the, the first day that they brought everybody in to all the, all the, the, the cooks that discussed the menu and how we're going to be doing training was the first day that I walked in. So it was, oh, you know, it was really, a, it was, it was crazy. It was a trip, you know, and uh, then it was like three weeks of, you know, just sheer training, craziness, cooking and waiting for our kitchen to get set. That's the thing. You know, the kitchen wasn't done. The dining room wasn't done. And we kept having to wait. Right. Um, but so he so said, now that's why I'm excited about this part. I have, you know, I have, have two chefs uh, that work with me and, you know, we get to work on the menu right now and we've been going back and forth with ideas. So this is a fun part where we finally, you know, we get to put our say on it and, you know, a little bit of us. So, you know, a lot of it is, you know, Ramsey steak standards as far as what they have on, you know, a similar item on certain menus, but now we get to put a little input and, and a little bit of ourselves into it. So it's really, it's the fun part right now. That's fun. How many, how many total staff do you have in the property in, in your space alone that you oversee? Uh, my space, well, cook wise, I think I have, I don't have that many right now. I think I only have like 14. Oh, that's not that um, bad. No, no. Um, I could always use one or two more, but you know, also we're in a little <laughs> slower season right now. Come next summer, I want to get staff back up. So I do have one of my cooks getting ready to leave the day after Christmas for a three month stage in uh, France. So that'll be fun. That's pretty cool. (laughs) Yeah. For him at least. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about some of the other stuff that you've done. So, I mean, I know chopped was, it was a pretty big deal. I mean, you, you had gone out and you, you crushed it first, first time through, you know I mean? What is that? I'm not a competition guy. So I always, whenever I talk to people who do competition stuff, I always really want to know, I want to know the ins and outs of it. I mean, what are you, what is your, what, what are they giving you when you first walk in? Hey, here's your jacket, here's your apron, and here's your station. What else are they giving you prior to, prior to the cameras going live? They, they, well, first of all, the, the, the call was for 630 in the morning um, in New York, you know, it's taped at Chelsea Market. Right. And so they give you uniforms, they give you a quick little rundown. I'm like, okay, well, you know, if you're the first person that gets cut, you know, expect to be done at this time. You know, if you're the next person to be cut, so give you a quick little rundown of time. Take your cell phone. They take all your personal items. You can just keep whatever you need, like, you know, if you make up the, you know, dab off the, uh, if glistening for the cameras. Right. And then they do give you a, a quick walkthrough of the kitchen and the little pantry. Um, but once again, it's, it's not your normal space. So it's, even as much as they showed you, you just, it's hard to absorb yeah. that for, yeah. so, and they give you a rundown and then, Honestly, you just, they just jump you right in then, you know, and you just start, okay, we're going to start the first round and, and then you just jump right in. So there is no, there, there's no, 
you know, is there is there a rhyme or reason to the way that the baskets are put together, or at least of what you have seen through doing it? I mean, is it like there's a protein, there's a, uh, you know, there's a there's a monkey wrench that they're going to throw into it, you know, a wrench in the works? Is there a protein that starts in a vegetable, or is it all just like here's Ritz crackers, abalone, and Chicago relish? Well, I've, I've seen watching other shows. I've seen that they really do. <laughs> some of the people, I'm just so glad, like especially like leftovers. Some of the like, people leftovers and like make food out of this. But right. yes, it does seem like like they do have yes, your basic like some sort of a starch and a, a protein. But you know, the starch could be like in my first round it was a stroop waffle. Honestly, before that oh, day, God. I had never seen a fucking stroop waffle. Sorry, that's so, I'm gonna forget. Yeah, that's all right. It's the Netherlands. <laughs> it's from the Netherlands, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it's just it's like, so it's neat. But I, like I said, I've seen a lot worse. My, my items really weren't that bad, but it, the whole point is you open this basket, which they, they have you fake open, like act like you're opening it a couple of times. So they this, you open it up and within the seconds, you have to say, okay, I'm doing this, you know? And it's just like, yeah. and in your mind, you're trying to run through the few minutes you saw of, of the pantry or, or the refrigerator, you know? And, and what can I make out of this? And honestly, I'm usually the type of person that needs time to think out my menu items a little bit. And, and right. it didn't or, happen in that case. You know, you just go and you have 20 minutes the first round to do an appetizer, you know, it's right. no time to think. And how much, and so what did you do for your first appetizer? So my ingredient, my baskets were uh, chicken wings, stroop waffle, Asian pear, and peri-peri seasoning, uh, <laughs> which is why they called uh, my episode peri-peri determined. <laughs> But so basically, yeah, right. Okay, we're making chicken wings. There's not much more to do with that. But they gave us right. a whole wing, and I think two of the people didn't even cut the wing down, and that was the, their first, I think, downfall. Like you got to trim the wing down. You at least take the wing tip off, or whatever. I mean, maybe not everybody, but right um, for, for a judge, you want to do that. And uh, the thing is, they have this like little tiny tabletop, one little small fryer that you have, you know, in a home kitchen. And so two of them were lined up. And my thought was, well, at the restaurant we knew we were doing. Um, a pan seared wing. We weren't doing fried ones. So I was like, oh, yeah, I'll do a nice pan seared one. From the oven, these wings were so huge, they weren't cooking. I had them so right. nice and seasoned and everything. So I'm like, I saw they go out of the fryer. So I went in the fryer with them. And, but when I pulled them out, I realized my seasoning mix was now in a bowl of raw chicken mix. So I was like, well, I can't do it. I just, you know, make sure salt, pepper, that was it. Right. So, of course, my downfall was that it didn't have enough seasoning. But the girl that went out in the first round, um, it was actually also from Philly. She had raw chicken. So that was, that was a safe bet that we were all, we, we weren't getting chopped in that round, but her, because it was raw chicken, you know? <laughs> right, 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 right. And so, and so you run through the second round you've done. So what so what'd you do? You did fried wings. What'd you do with the waffle? Okay. So that's what I did. So I cut the Asian pear and I grabbed buttermilk and I was kind of making a play on like a ranch. And I, uh, I pureed it and actually used the waffle as basically my thickening agent to get my viscosity for the sauce. Nice. So, there you go. Yeah, that worked. Yeah. So. Well, and it's so funny how um, you, when you, cause I mean, what you, once you know food, you, you know, food, I mean, it's, you know, you know, you know how to thicken stuff, you know how to pull stuff together, you know how to make it, make it happen. You know I mean? And, and, and the, to think about it, I mean, you literally have five seconds, 10 seconds to do that. Like, did you go in with a plan of, okay, if I get this, I'm going to do this. I mean, do you have a plan of action? I did not have any whatsoever, no. That's the thing. Right. And, You're like, I'm and, just going to get food and, and go. Yeah, I just like, let's, let's wing it, literally. And so, you know, yeah, so, and that, yeah. That's funny. 
so now what was your second so your second course was what was okay so i had um my goodness i'm getting drawn a blank on this one so i had oh sunflower paste blueberries um lamb breast oh jeez. oh my gosh i forget lamb breast blueberries sunflower paste oh lardo now of course you know lardo is a beautiful piece of, you know, product that you're not supposed to cook, you know, it's supposed to just <laughs> right. be eaten, but you can't just slap that on a plate on chop because they'll say, well, you didn't do anything with it. Right, right, right. So, so I took that and I rendered it down with some shallots and garlic and did some really nice red lentils. And then the lamb, I had honestly never used a, a lamb breast before. Right. The lamb or veal. I'm thinking uh, about the lamb, lamb or veal. Breast oh my gosh. Pre- I wonder which would, lamb breast would be pretty, pretty tiny. Yeah, it's probably veal breast. Oddly enough, oddly enough, I was looking for lamb or veal breast this week, and I couldn't find it anywhere. I went to a couple different farmers markets and a butcher. I couldn't find it, so I I had to get I had to get pork or pork loin. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, I've I've seen it once in a while, but not often. But I've also hadn't you know particularly worked for this project. I'm still thinking it's lamb, but I don't know. It It was really fatty, and my thought was okay, do like a short rib type deal. So, um. No, it was lamb. I'm sorry, because uh, that's why I did like your typical. You usually do it like a mustard rub, you know, on the lamb. So I did mustard with the sunflower paste, and um, I made a, a, a nice. I think I even used the blueberries on that, and then put them in the oven. And it wasn't until I took them out of the oven, was plating up. I looked down. I'm like, oh my god, these are all fat. Like I can't. Like, but at that point, you're you know you're done. So, <laughs> um, and then I also I also then I filled it out with a veg, and I did like I took the blueberries also and put in um like a sautéed with green beans and balsamic and did a little you know. So I did a whole composed plate. Right. So my favorite on that round was um, one competitor, Aria, who actually I'm, I'm friends with now. She's from Brooklyn. Um, she, she didn't get all her components on every plate. Uh, so I think that's the only thing that saved me because, you know, most of them said, oh, this was all fat. Like, it's horrible. Um, but they said the, what they could taste them, that they loved the flavors. And then this part is what I remember. I had Jeffrey Zagarian as one of my judges. And I, he just, he's the coolest. Right. And this didn't make it to the TV, but it's just like he just kept eating my lentils. And he's like, he's like, I just can't stop eating these. They're so delicious. He's like, you know, it is a sin to cook lardo. He said, but it's, it's you know, it just puts such a great flavor in here. So there's little things like that as a chef. You're, when you have a, you know, somebody that you, you can look up to as another chef to, to say things about that, it's a pretty cool experience there. That's cool. And then what was your, what was your final course? Uh, pie, pre-made pie crust, like the rolled out stuff. Right. Um, squash, Gouda cheese, and Nordic honey wine. Huh. So... And it was funny because like Ted Allen said something about, oh, I see pies in our future or something. I forget exactly what he said. Right. But both of us ended up making a tart that were in the last round. And of course, it's like, oh, you both made a tart. Like you couldn't do anything else. But it's like, whatever. <laughs> so I just made a little tart. Yeah. And I, right. um, and you know, just with the, um, with the squash and use the Gouda cheese crumbles, kind of crumble on top. And yeah, it was, it was nothing exciting. But, you know, it was enough to win. Luckily, the guy that I was competing against in the last round overlapped his uh, pie dough and it was not cooked. Right. And, and, um, I think his was a little more savory too. So, uh, so yeah, each, each thing is like who makes the less mistakes, honestly, in these competitions. Right. Like, of course. You know, well, there's no way that you're really, truly, I mean, you're, you know, I use this term all the time that we're not even the term, but the statement, we're not recreating the culinary wheel. I mean, you have 20 minutes to make an appetizer on the fly 
in, in a really tough setting because everything is kind of mobile in mm-hmm. a kitchen you've never worked before. So your you know, your creativity is limited to, well, one, your knowledge and two, what did I see while I was running through here on a five minute tour of a kitchen? And also the thing is, you don't realize watching the chefs on these shows is that when you're running around, you're looking down and make sure you're not tripping over camera wires and such. You turn around also like the camera guys right there, you know? So it's a lot, it's a really a lot that goes on in your mind. Also knowing like, oh, the clock's ticking. You got two minutes. Like, you know, the, the pressure is just like crazy and immense, you know? So, yeah. you know, I probably, I pretty much, because when they, they, they interview you after each round and they're asking, you know, well, well what do you think what your competitors are making? And I'm like, I don't look at what they're making. I don't care what they're making, you know? I'm like, I have no idea what they're making. Right. Yeah, like, I have no idea. So, but another interesting thing is, too, is like the last round, I kept running back looking for the brown sugar. I'm like, it should be here. Why can't I find the brown sugar? Never dawned on me to say, okay, there's one brown sugar, I'm sure, and it's over on the other guy's station, you know, things like that. So, it's, it's just, it's crazy. You know, used to be in a regular restaurant where you've got a 50 pound sack of something. So, right, exactly. And here's one pound that they bought at the grocery store. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or Dina DeLuca. I know they do a lot of shopping at Dina and DeLuca on TV, which is amazing to me, you know? So, um, so what, I mean, how many, do you have any other TV stuff that's going to come up or are you really just solely fo- focused on, you know, Ramsey at this point in stake? I mean, it's just a beast. It's gotta be a massive property to run, especially coming. It's a lot. It's, yeah. It's a lot. Um, I've always, I'm always, in, you know, keep my, eye. I, you know, I haven't, done anything for a few years actually i did do a chop champion uh as you don't talk about that one because i did go out in the first round so right. yeah whatever that one and then um, i actually taped another show in la but it's been two years and as it aired at this point so i guess they're not airing the show it was supposed to be a brand new show um you know flew out there it was you know uh, richard blaze from top chef was the host but i don't oh, I think right. at this point it's not airing yeah it was, it was a cool experience though right. um so Okay, so it was my favorite show, and my ultimate goal is Top Chef. So the new season will be starting soon, which means January, February is when they look to start casting. So I probably will, you know, probably will try once again because, you know, that's something that I really love. But other than that, yeah, it, this is a pretty time-consuming job. And, um, you know, and we're just really, you know, getting, getting going. So it, it does take a lot. So how, how does that work when it comes through with your job? I mean, are you saying, hey, I got to take the next six weeks off? You know, so um, I can go tape this. I mean, how forgiving are they in that world? Or you're not sure yet? Well, I'm not sure yet because, you know, when I <laughs> when I did Chopped, you know, it was, I did Chopped. I went and filmed it, you know, a couple you're weeks dead. before we opened Supper. So, yeah, that'll be interesting. And it's just not to my bosses that I'm trying to do this. <laughs> so but we'll, we'll no- see when that, when that comes, yeah. Yeah, nobody listens to this show, so we're good. Nobody, you won't wait yeah. not to worry about that. So, I mean, what's it what's it like working with Ramsey? I mean, I know you've had a couple of interactions with him doing some stuff, and I mean, how does that? You know, I guess I want to say, how does that play out in your brain while you're working, knowing that? I mean, look, he's one of the most iconic chefs that has that has been on TV in years. But not only, and, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, but I, I also, I have a tremendous amount of respect for him because he keeps the quality of what he's doing super close to him. At least I feel like he does. So, you know, he's not, he's not doing a commercial for McDonald's and, and owning bar, you know, and owning Gordon Ramsay's steak, yeah. you know, no, I, mean, no. I mean, it really has his integrity yeah, no. for what he's doing. So how does that play out in your brain while you're working? 
or is it not even a thought? Because you're like, I got the job. I'm good. I'm ready to go. They trust me. Um, I miss a little both. Like, you know, obviously on an everyday basis, you're still running a kitchen and you know, you're, it's all the little things like just making sure the food is executed, make sure it's getting out to the guests in a timely manner, you know, keeping your food costs in line in a steakhouse, which, you know, have some very high cost items, um, you know, deal, uh, taking care of the employees. There's so much in it, but yes, because when we do pre-shifts, um, you know, that's something we talk about because we do, we do get scores from the guests and those scores and our daily figures, everything goes right to the Ramsey people every day, you know, and they see, you know, they track our progress. They track all the reviews on every, you know, you know, even Yelp, <laughs> you know, I feel about Yelp, but, um, they, the you know, Google world. Yelp, anything like, so they look at everything. And so they keep a very close eye because they're protecting the brand of, you know, and he, he is very high standards. Sure. And so that is something, you know, I, I tell my cooks, you know, we're, this is, this is the name we're cooking for. So it is great with the event we had recently where he was there and they got to see, you know, what, what, what they're working their butts off for every day, you know, and it's for this name and they, you know, so, you know, we put out a great event and, you know, great food, interactions, everything was great. You know, he, and he's a great guy, you know, and I know what you see on TV, but, you know, he took the time to, to talk to, you know, each and every employee in that kitchen, you know, that's awesome. and, and yeah, so of course, you know, everybody's Facebook uh, profile page was a uh, change <laughs> to their picture with him. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, everybody's, I mean, yeah. Really, Twitter, Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. But he's a, he really is a solid guy, but yes, he does expect you know, the best. And, and as you should, you know, you, if I'm putting my name out there on something, I, you know, I, I want only the best being put out there. And that's why he has people like chef Christina that are there to make sure everything is being, you know, done to standards. And if not, then that needs to be corrected. And, you know, and, and I understand that and that's, and that's the way, it, you know, we work every day, but for the most part, on you know, every minute per basis. Yeah. I'm worried about just running that kitchen. As, as if it's my own restaurant. I've always done that even before I had my own restaurants, that this is my restaurant and I'm going to make sure the quality is there, the customer service, the, you know, and, and not fun stuff like food cost. Yeah. Now how much, I mean, in this day and age, so much of what we do with our staff is through a motivational level. You know I mean? We, we uh, I, I keep saying that to hire good people, we have to offer them something at this point because there's so many restaurants out there. There's so many opportunities for them to make money or even make more money. You know, I mean, I can go to Outback right now and make 15 bucks an hour, just peeling an onion. So uh-huh. in the case for you guys, I mean, how are you keeping and I'm doing a whole lot of talk about this recently because it's really important when I see it going across the country. But how are you keeping your staff motivated other than just you have a job? Well, that's the thing. Now when you're talking about union comes into play because the union has a rate scale, a pay rate, and it's an agreed upon amount. So there's only so much lateral will we have anyway. You know, you have definitely have a minimum, but, but there's also, you know, they get tears by the many years are there or, you know, that's how that goes. So it's a little different than, you know, pulling somebody off the street and, you know, and, and, you know, a restaurant that's non-union where you can right. offer whatever you need to, you know, this one you've got, you know, the union contracts and what they've been agreed to, but we do try to get the best that we can according to those union contracts. But then it's just every day too, is making it so they feel that, you know, they're there doing a job that people appreciate doing, you right. know, and, and that one thing is the Gordon Ramsay name definitely helps. And, and that matter when you talk compared to other restaurants that you could be working at, you know, I mean, people that are working in a, you know, a cafe or buffet might not feel the same way, you know, 
making similar money as the ones that are making Gordon Ramsay because you know you're putting out you know such a high quality product for you know a name such as Ramsay. That's definitely a motivational, especially for the younger guys who you know do want that on their resume and to work their way up right. um, a little bit higher. But I'm also a chef that you know I do. It's 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 funny we call it two shot Sunday because I, on Sunday I bring them a sweets in because Saturday nights I get their buck kicked and you know we're like okay well we need you know a little sweets and the the one guy actually is diabetic so he has to take two shots so he can eat it's so bad he's young I don't oh. I don't I don't I don't support him doing this but you know right, right, he's right. an adult so I can't say anything but he calls it they call it two shots Sundays he takes and that's what we do on Sundays and little things we do family meal on Sunday too I cooked for them yesterday and I made them some pasta so it's little things to show them that you you know you care about you yeah, you care and that you really appreciate the work they're doing for you because it's not an easy job at the restaurant. It definitely isn't. Um, right. But, you know, they're very they're professionals. So. Right. No, I gotcha. I gotcha. Um, so what's going on? So what's your, I mean, what's your plan moving forward? I mean, you know, you've got an awesome job. How, hey, how's your daughter doing, by the way? Is she still in school? Uh, yeah, she's, she's finishing. She's working. Uh, she's working and she's in school. So she... Uh, I was working over at Ocean, and she's doing a baking oh, pastry nice. over there. And then she's also, uh, yes, she's finishing up this semester soon, and then she has uh, one more to go. And she's doing great. Um, actually, she was, since she's a culinary student, we had a group of culinary students helping with the event, and she actually was at the event. Oh, that's and cool. she was at the event last year with Chef Ramsey, and he met her then. And he's, you know, he's very big on family and, and family working together. So he was so happy to see her again. And, Oh, that's nice. So he actually, he's actually as a, as a graduation present, we'll be sending her to London to stage at his restaurants uh, in the summer. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, Oh, that's super cool. That's great. And I guess that's also got to be a, a really cool kind of thing that once you're kind of under, once you're under that umbrella, you know, you could realistically go anywhere. Yeah. I mean, a lot of, I mean, most of his restaurants in the United States is with the Caesars Corporation. Um, but he's got places all over the world, like, you know, Singapore and, and Hong Kong and, and uh, obviously all over the UK. And then it's opening Dubai right now. So, um, you know, it just, there's opportunities definitely. And right now, you know, I mean, this, this part of it, yes, I, I worked with the Ramsey for the grill, but as far as Ramsey steak, you know, this is only since May. So I'm still kind of, you know, just really getting in the flow of everything and not, you know, right now not looking for the next step quite yet because I'm just really, um, trying to put my mark on this place and, and, and be settled here. Uh, but also but yeah, you I, guys, you guys are more established now and you will be more established coming into the summer, which in turn means that your, your numbers are going to be that much more. Oh yeah. Well, when we, when we first opened a couple in the summertime, we, uh, we, we hit 500, you know, on a Saturday yeah. night and you're talking about really, you know, fine dining and, and it's, you know, that's a lot, it's a lot of numbers. So uh, a lot of people. Oh my God. Yeah. You know, And uh, so now like, you know, us quieting down, you know, doing only four, only 450 on the Saturday, which actually was a little bit steadier. We average about 400 lately. Um, this weekend was just at the holiday weekend. So we had a little bit more, uh, but my guys can handle it. You know, it's just, it's, yeah. you know, that's the thing is like, we went right in from the beginning, hitting those numbers and so they know how to do it. Right. So, that's awesome. That's awesome. I, I love, I love hearing, you know, cause I mean, one, I've, I've been a fan of yours for a long time and followed you and, and all that stuff. And I know, you know, I mean, we had chatted prior to, 
um, when you guys had, had switched over to the sandwich shop. You know, we had seen mm-hmm. each other before and then, you know, I knew when you would close down and all that stuff, you guys closed down the one shop, you kept running the other. So, I mean, there's, you know, and there's a lot that goes into that. I mean, there's pride that, that gets hit at that same time, you know, and, and I mean, as well as financially, you know, I mean, you were working for yourself for, for as many years as you were, and now you're going out and you're working with somebody else. So now, now what about your partner? What, what's, is he in the food industry still? Oh yeah. So Angelo also works over at ocean. So he's a chef over there as well. Oh, that's great. And, uh, yeah. And then now we, you know, we live down here in Brigantine. We moved. I, I was in, you know, Buna in uh, South Jersey for 16 years and we sold right. the house and now I live five minutes from work. I've never lived this close to work before. And some five minutes from work, they're about eight minutes for where they're over at ocean. Right. Um, you know, so it's, it's the funny thing is I'm like a half a block from the beach and I probably only went to the beach like five or six times this summer because, <laughs> you know, it was so intense with the opening and, you know, the sure. first month, first two months I had one day off total for two months and then, and then I was working six days the rest of the time. So now it's nice. I'm getting my two days and I said next week I'm, you know, taking a vacation and so oh, it's, cool. it's, it's nice, but you know, and that's the thing, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm getting a vacation. Cause you know, when I, we didn't take vacations, you know, no, like, you don't you know, think we had, you, we had, we had, yeah. Yeah, we had three day weekend once or twice, but for the most part, yeah, we're we're working. So, right. <laughs> so we're going on vacation. That's why I'm just I'm just going down to uh, to Florida to see my sister, oh, nice. uh, West Palm, and then we're we're gonna have Thanksgiving at our house on Thursday, and then we're actually gonna go up to Orlando um, and go to Universal on Saturday because we used to do that when I did when I did work for the uh, company prior, you know, as a showboat before I had went to Philly. And, uh, which was a part of the Caesars Harris, um, before they closed. But, uh, I had, you know, back then I had the PTO time. So we, we used to go down every year and we would meet up whatever part of Florida she was living at the time and go to Orlando and Universal was always our spot. So it's been, uh, several years, probably gosh, six or seven years since I've been down there. So we're looking forward to having a fun day in my store, like Harry Potter. And they're going to have the Hogwarts area all done for Christmas. So, oh, you know, cool. it'll be fun. Nice. That's great. And it's going to be nice and warm. Yeah. It's going to be nice and warm. I just got back. It was 70, 75 degrees. I told you I'd have sunglasses on all day because I couldn't see anything. So super bright. But, um, well, that's cool. Well, that's pretty awesome. So, you know, I mean, I'm really stoked for you. And it's one of the reasons I wanted to have you on is, you know, just because I've always loved your work ethic and how hard you work. And, you know, the independent world is a tough run, man. It's a tough it run. And, and I know so many people who, you know, in our industry, they go independent to corporate or they go corporate to independent. You know, I mean, like I'll never do corporate again. I wanted to do my own thing. Yeah. But there's something to be said about a vacation and for, and, (laughs) and, you know, I mean, in family time and five, you know, working, working five days a week during the the times when you don't have to, um, Mm -hmm. you know, when you have that ability. So that's pretty cool. Well, I am, uh, I'm, I'm glad we got you on and I'm really glad we had an opportunity to talk and, and kind of move through that stuff. So, um, thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. And we got to, uh, you know, we have to get up sometime soon and do an event together. We, you know, we, I know. we used to do a bunch of events and we haven't done it, you know, and I'm kind We've of, done Philly, but I will, I'll still come to Philly and, you know, I'm still, I'm still want to be able to support <clears> places, you know, so. You know, I don't even do, I do very few events in Philly anymore because when I'm home, I, I, I kind of don't want to go anywhere. I love them. <laughs> don't get me wrong. Like, I mean, tomorrow night I'm going to an event in Philly and, and, but I just, I just don't, 
I really kind of, when I'm home, I don't want to go anywhere because I travel so much. It's just not, yeah, you know, I mean, exactly. you know, I, I landed Friday, both my girls, I grabbed them real quick and then boom, you know, one's going one place, one's going another place. Their life doesn't <laughs> stop because I'm home. And, I, and it yeah, took me a teenagers. while. Yeah. <laughs> and they're 17 and 14. So it took me a while to have to kind of, uh, to remember that. Well, hey girls, I'll be home at seven o'clock. Let's all grab dinner turned into, all right, what are your plans tonight? Or what are you guys doing this weekend? <laughs> or what's the plan for the week? You know, I'm always trying to get plans down so I know where they are and what they're doing. And because also it, it helps me kind of schedule my world, even if that world is sometimes, you know, flying 94,000 miles in a year, like I have thus far and, you know, sitting down and no offense, playing Xbox for two or three hours. Just exactly. Why not? You need to. Activity. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Just brainless activity. So, um, well, all right. So Georgian, do me a favor. Why don't you, uh, uh, kind of finalize this here. Let's get, uh, let's get your name and your, uh, uh, what you do and, uh, how people can uh, follow everything that you're doing. So my name is Georgian Leeming and I am the chef of Gordon Ramsay steak at Harris resort in Atlantic city. And Instagram is the best way really to follow me right now. And it's Georgian underscore Leeming L E A M I N G. And I, uh, you know, some days, some weeks I'm bad about it, but I try to put on there, you know, what's going on at the restaurant. And cause you know, we got some really great stuff going on there. I love it. I love it. All right, Georgian, thanks for hopping on. I really appreciate it. And, uh, I am going to be, I think I'm supposed, I need to get away. So I may take a night in Atlantic city. I may- right, make sure you don't do that while I'm gone. Come here when I'm here and then you let me know, hit me up. <laughs> I promise <laughs> I will. I'll let you know. All right. Thanks. Georgian. Right. It was great talking to you. Thank you. You too. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. There you go, everybody. See, one of the reasons why I want to have Georgiana on is one, because she's just super cool. She's such a sweet lady and she's so nice to talk to. And she's really kind of got, you know, the pulse in that world of what's going on. I mean, this was a woman who did, you know, Chopped and uh, Chopped is, is not easy. Man, I have the hiccups. Hold on. I'm sorry, guys. And Chopped's not easy. It's not it's not real world. You know, I mean, you're being thrown into a situation. You've got 20 minutes to prepare an appetizer. I don't know. What do you get? 30 minutes for the second and then 20 minutes for the last. I mean, you're there all day long. You got to hang out. You got to be good. You got to, you know, you got to be creative all at the same time. And there's a lot of shit that goes into that. I am not a competition guy. I'll tell you guys this right off the bat. Unless it's for a charity or for fun, I'm just not a competition guy. I don't know why. I, I, I don't. I don't. I'm just not that guy. I've had people challenge me. I've had some fun people challenge me and I've tried to make it work and it usually falls apart in that situation. But I'm not like a bragging rights kind of guy who who said I I did this or I did that. And, And it's just for me, it's not the world I live in. I love watching some of these shows. I love watching the creativity of what these guys come up with. You know, George Ann said she went in blind. She didn't know 100% what she wanted to do. That's That to me is a great chef. You go in, you've got that covered, you're ready to rock and roll. But then there's also something to be said about the guys who are like, okay, I know that I'm going to make an ice cream. No matter what it is, I'm going to make an ice cream. No matter what it is, I'm going to do a saute or something to that effect. So I like that stuff. I like hearing about it that way. Um, I think that that's what we have 
buddy. I uh, want to thank everybody for hanging out with us on uh, this wonderful Friday morning, afternoon, evening. I don't even know when you guys are listening to it, but I want to thank you guys. So three people to thank the most. We got the boys at RadioInfluence.com. Go and check them out. Listen to some of their multitude of podcasts that they have. You want to do a podcast? You too can do one if you live in the uh, the St. Peter, Tampa area. They've got two, count them, two studios down there for you guys to work out of. Great guys to work with. You need somebody to take care of a website or build a menu for you, go and check out my girl, Michelle Stockman. She's a badass out there in Breeze, Illinois, with her company called Techno Solution. She does an awesome job. She does about 75% of my clients' menus at this point, um, just in the development and the creation of them alone. So go and check those out or check her out. And then always Maggie Gagliardi. If you follow her on Instagram, it's at M-A-G-Z-A-R-T. Truly a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant... um, artist. Uh, I know she was in Philly this weekend. I'm sorry I missed you, Mags. I apologize. I did some family stuff this weekend. Um, But uh, cheers to everybody. Thank you guys so much for hanging out. Do me a favor. Go be nice to people. Bye-bye. Didn't get Duffified enough? Follow Chef Brian Duffy on Facebook and on Twitter at Chef B-R-I-D-U-F-F. Look for the blue verified checkmark to get exclusive content and to see what's coming up on next week's show. This has been Duffified Live with Chef Brian Duffy on Radio Influence. This is a sitting ringside with David Penzer. Quick Fix on Radio Influence. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the Kiss Demon himself, Dale Torborg, to sitting ringside. To get to know these guys on a personal level. Gene Simmons has been so gracious with me. Anything that I've needed over the years, the longest it's ever taken him to get back to me is 15 minutes. I mean, he is unbelievable. Yeah, he is, he's incredible. And I will tell you that, you know, getting to know Paul Stanley, Paul Stanley is one of the nicest, just genuine, down-to-earth people. Uh, I have nothing but great things to say about that man. This, You know, he... If he comes into town, um, he'll text me and invite myself and my daughter and my wife to, you know, to dinner. We go to dinner with him and just sit and talk about things. And he, he is, you know, been so great with my daughter, thinks the world of him. You know, it was his birthday and I texted him a birthday card from my daughter and he's like, oh, tell Sierra, thank you. And you know, just just the humble, down-to-earth. I mean, this is one of the greatest rock stars, the greatest frontman of all time, and he just is a terrific human being. And that being, you know, getting to know that side of him and getting to know these guys, I mean, that is, that is a special thing. And, and, you know, no matter what, this has been an unbelievable ride because of WCW and getting that, you know, that... A contract with WCW, and you know I can thank Eric Bischoff for and JJ Dillon for signing me. My whole life changed if you really think about how, you know, I, I met my wife. If, if it's not for you know Kevin Nash training at the same gym with Christy, bringing her in, and and you know the whole WCW world, you know I don't have, I'm not married to her. I don't have my daughter, and then you know I I'm introduced to the Kiss world and. You know, they've had, you know, let me into their family, uh, you know, the KISS family. You know, that is, you, you can't ever put a price on that. 
Sitting Ringside with David Penzer can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and RadioInfluence.com. 